0: yay welcome to Teen contemplation everyone thank you all so much for being here uh this is our third week in our session in february around the theme of all the feels so many feels and i actually had to think about what week we were in for a second there like i don't know if you could see like just momentarily i was like what week is it yeah <laughs> So it has certainly been a a season for exploring things that uh, we're feeling, the internal textures and sensations that, you know, we can really use the late winter season to our advantage. We can use it to feel we're just like throwing ourselves at the finish line of winter here. And just kind of eyes on the prize right we're not even like looking around us and you know maybe not taking that time to recognize just kind of how stuff feels it feels a little pent up inside from from winter right we feel a little perhaps overly insulated um that can feel a little like just things are fuzzy we're just not feeling with the same kind of depth and texture and clarity um also might feel like overheated it's interesting how these kind of more sensory cues in the body can also lead to awareness of how we feel emotionally and spiritually. So we could just kind of tune all that out or, or, and this is what Adam and I offer the space for, is we could use this lovely period of late winter to actually slow down and notice a bit more and enjoy this quiet, enjoy this pause, to examine that texture that late winter offers us, that quiet, that spaciousness, the ability to really linger in those little spaces between and and just notice what it is that we're feeling. Really notice it. It is a a special time of year um, as we're approaching spring. And so that's kind of the idea around our theme for this month of looking at our our feelings, being able to name them. Last week we had Jess here talking about how to name and even kind of map things in the body, like where we experience it in the body. Um, And so this week we are settling into our next exploration, going a little bit deeper. And as you're getting set up with your hot water, your tea, getting yourself nice and comfy, Inviting into this space the ability to be as comfortable as possible, right? So really making sure that where you're sitting is nice and comfy, that we're going to be here for a little while, we're going to hang out for a bit. So want the body to be comfortable so that we can notice things beyond just the immediate, you know, does something feel crunchy while we're sitting, right? We don't want that to be a distraction. And whenever you have... Everything that you need nearby. And we're ready to get settled in. I'm taking a moment to just like actually, maybe just uh, sit on the seat. Plop yourself down. Really notice what you're sitting on, what you have chosen to sit on today. Kind of snuggling into that a little bit. I'm taking a moment to Gradually, little by little, perhaps working from the floor up, inviting things to settle, inviting the surface movements to start to get a little bit more quiet. And it is really an invitation. It's not a forcing to stillness. It's not a forcing to quiet. It's just a noticing that there is activity before, and we are asking for that activity to settle a little bit. So noticing the feeling of the floor beneath the feet and working our way up from the feet to noticing our ankles, our calves, our knees, back of the thighs, what they might be sitting on, noticing our seat itself, this little sturdy base that we form when we sit on a cushion, just allows ourselves to arrive and to notice how we are today. And inviting that sense of contact and slowness into the hands. Notice where your hands are resting. Notice how they're resting, the weight of them. the wrists the forearms the elbows allowing the elbows to be open not transmitting an activity of holding or doing or grabbing something but just open and relaxed the forearms the armpits the shoulders shoulder blades allowing them to melt down the back Bringing our awareness to the back side of the body, our low back, <clears throat> lumbar spine, the mid back, back rib cage, area between the shoulder blades, just behind the heart, too. And perhaps notice that as we bring gentle awareness to the back body, that can perhaps lead to some opening and softness in the front body. The heart can come forward. And as it does, maybe notice sensations in the belly awakening. Kind of like yawning forward and stretching and opening. Noticing how the breath moves in the front of the body. Continuing to work our way up to our neck and our head. Back of the head. Creeping all the way forward over the scalp, the hairline, the forehead. Our eyebrows, allowing our eyebrows and our eyes to soften. allowing our cheeks to soften. Our chin, our jaw, front of the throat. And for a moment, just pausing to notice how, how are we today? Just the whole of us. And knowing that it is totally okay. It is very welcome if we come to this space and you know what? Something's just not okay today. This might be a difficult day, or it's been a difficult week. You might feel tired. You might feel, we might feel in between emotions, man. We might not even know what we're feeling right at the moment. That is okay. We just want to see what's here today. What do we have for our tea to work with today? What's the soup? What's the ingredients? So just pause for a moment before we transition to our tea. And just honestly and lovingly, just how are you today? I'm enjoying a couple smooth breaths in and breaths out. Notice what it feels like as we work with these things just inside ourselves. Just you sitting here on your cushion. What's it like just being yourself? And can we expand our awareness a little bit? to include our other friend that is sitting here with us today, and that is our tea. And tea is absolutely our friend in this practice. And what is it like to practice with someone? A someone, not a something. We can expand our awareness and invite into our practice our wonderful tea So taking a moment to transition now, to holding our tea, picking up our tea with our hands, reading it, petting it with our fingertips. Hello, tea. Bring our tea to our nose and enjoying the the difference of the in-breath and the out-breath interacting with our tea. What fragrance? arises from the tea to greet you this morning? And how do you feel about what's there? And then whenever you're ready, we can serve ourselves a little portion of tea, just a nice pinch of loose leaves into our cup, into our bowl, however much of this tea we think we need today. And knowing that there is no right or wrong way to do that or how much to use, that your needs are different every day. That's very normal. It's very part of human experience. And we can move in our space to get our hot water So wherever you might be, maybe getting somewhere to the kitchen to get your hot water, or maybe it's right next to you, just take your time. Enjoying what the motion of getting water represents, is you reaching out for something for your practice, something that serves obviously an important purpose. It's not only the hydration, it's the transformation of the tea is pretty active part of our practice. And then once you have your hot water, just slowly adding it over the tea. Going so really, really slow, enjoying the stream of the water as it interacts with the leaves. maybe imagining what this water could be snow melting. Where it's the soon to arrive first misty cool rains of spring interacts with this earthy leaf. Transforms it. It releases what's there. Once you've added your water, take a moment to just watch your tea. As simple as that. Watching what is arising from your tea. From a traditional medicine perspective in Asia, if we want to learn how to be with and handle to be in balance with expansive, bigger energy what you would call young energy things that might feel very, depending on how we are, really a lot bigger than us, very powerful, strong young energy. We have to refill and work our yin energy, things that are yin, things that are quiet and still. We don't learn to handle things that are heavy and powerful and big by diving into them headfirst. The invitation in this perspective is to get quiet. And tea is traditionally said to be the most yin of yin things. This is as quiet and slow and as soft as you can possibly get. So, what softness do you see unfolding in your teacup today? What softness do you see on the surface? And at the bottom, and if we lift our teacup to our nose, what softness do you smell? There might be some really powerful, earthy, lovely aromas that rise to greet you right away. But what softness do you notice, maybe you might say in the after smell? So after you take in the breath of the tea and there's this little pause, there's some, there's some quietness there. What do you notice in that space? What shifts in the body as you pay attention to that? what shifts in the body as we notice even just the stillness of being here and holding a cup of tea? The warmth in our palms and in our fingertips, the warmth in our nose and our throat, in our lungs as we breathe it. What shifts when we notice something a little bit more quiet like that? And if your tea feels like it's at okay temperature, feel free to take that first sip whenever you're ready. And here too, notice the contrast of something kind of big. So the first sip of tea, the, the feeling of that in the mouth, the weight of it, maybe flavors that stand out to you right away sense of feeling and texture in the body as we swallow the tea. And then notice around that what is a little bit more quiet. What's subtle. What arises that's very soft. And Get curious about that. Allowing the inner gaze gently to just sit on that sensation for a moment. That We can have something that's kind of big happening at the same time as things that are quiet. And whenever you feel called, whenever you feel ready, enjoying another sip. And here, notice, what is it like to swallow? Now, sometimes in our practice, we can really find our attention drawn primarily to the before and to the after. So, the before, the the depth of the aroma and those layers and the unfolding of it. And we notice the during, we notice when it's in the mouth, and then sometimes the mind jumps ahead to what's the after. You notice, okay, there's tea in the belly, and I can breathe a little bit better and I'm more expansive. What is the swallowing like? What is the during? The first part of the digestion of that tea, the choice to interact with it very directly. What happens in that space? Just on your own time, you know, whenever you feel called, taking another sip and considering that part. Considering the choice to engage with the tea, to sip it, to swallow it, and watch that journey on the way down. Where do you notice it in the body? Where is the point that you are drawn to the most as you notice this physical sensation of engaging with it? It might be the sides or the back of the tongue. It might be the base of the throat. It could be the area behind the heart. Somewhere in the belly, maybe at the top or the bottom or the sides, just imagine that space as you sip your tea, how it reacts and responds to being called to engage. What signals does your body tell you that it is online and it is responding as you sip your tea. And how long... Does it seem like that during portion, that active engagement? How long does that last? And when do you transition to the after? When do you start to notice what might be thought of as the finish of the tea, the echo of it? The beginning of the exhale? How do you know when you're at that point? And maybe, just maybe, consider that depending on how you're feeling on any given day, there may not be a distinct beginning of that through, the after, the finish of it. It's a, a fluid, continuous process. As we sit with our tea and we begin again with each sip, inviting it in and actively engaging with it as we swallow and digest. We release and we exhale and it continues and then it just cycles again all the way to the top. If that's your experience today, what does that feel like? What is that interesting little space like? Something that is continuous. And as we transition now to the deeper part of our contemplation for today, which is how we sit with complicated emotions, feeling free to refresh your tea, add more water, and see what else surfaces that might be helpful and supportive for you to practice with invite you to consider in this space that any of the answers that you have to these questions today are absolutely valid, they are true, they are what you are feeling and living in this moment, and that you have full permission to change how you think about something, even in the middle of the sip of it. Maybe it's not continuous for you. Maybe there's a stop and a start. That's okay. This whole process, what T teaches us, is how to feel the full complexity of what's there. That it doesn't have to be specifically one way or another. It just is.
1: It was at some point a few weeks ago when I was sitting with Suze, just as we are now, enjoying tea, when she encouraged us to just kind of pay attention if the tea uh, was not to our liking. I, I don't remember the exact wording, but it was a way of framing just disliking taste or flavor as a natural part of the practice of of enjoying tea of 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 working with this practice and um it blew my mind a little bit Suze. <laughs> i'd never really thought about appreciating dislike uh, in, in my mouth like that before. It's so usually just like, oh, you know, um, my, my tongue and my sense of being with my mouth is dictated by pleasure. And it's like, oh, if I don't like a thing, I'm not gonna eat it and drink it. And it was just kind of such a stunning, slight shift in orientation for me. When I was like, wow, this is suddenly fascinating. I can somehow creating space, holding space for the fact that disliking the flavor was okay, was within the realm of like, this is okay. Uh, It suddenly made the dislike less powerful. And then the experience of the actual flavor transformed. And I was like, oh. What is it about this that causes this repulsed kind of instinct in me, right? It's like something about, you know, I then I start to get into the details, something about the the bitterness on the front end of the of the taste, or the something about this dryness that's unsettling in some way. And so I just thought it was really interesting that Sue's clarified today you know that that tea is is not a thing Uh, it's a it's a person in the same way that that we are people and of course this uh, recalls the indigenous philosophy that was the natural way of knowing things uh, on this land before this culture arrived Um, and that of course still is very much here. Uh, the, the sense that there is no object-subject divide, really. That's, an, that's not a real way of being in the world. There are, there are only subjects. And so to, to acknowledge these apparently humble leaves in my cup, as a being uh, gives me the opportunity to kind of be in communion, to be supported and to support, rather than just to imagine myself as this impenetrable locus of intelligence or something. However, whatever the object-subject divide implies, you know. So for me, this subject of approaching difficult emotions has a lot to do with armoring and protection and isolating, as that's been my experience when I approach difficult emotions. And I think for most of my life, I would say I simply didn't approach them, you know, maybe had some subtle sense that they were around and then I would head elsewhere. (laughs) So I think, you know, my practice was repression for a very long time. Like, nope, I'm not going to taste this. I don't like this kind of tea. But as I'm sure you've also experienced, when you operate that way, the bandwidth narrows. and you have less access to real pleasure, the world is less full, and it's less bright, and it's less interesting. And for me, you know, it's probably worth mentioning that that is also, I think, the, that's the foundation of the depressive pattern in my mind is repression. It's like repression precedes the experience of depression. I share that not because I think that's how it works in everybody's mind, but just because it seems to work that way in mine. So, you know, this is like, these are the cliff notes on years of therapy, <laughs> and uh, years of therapy and years of yoga practice. You know, I think those those things in combination have been kneading the dough that needed to get kind of rolled out in me. But I, I think that it's it's wor- it's been useful for me, and might be a useful reflection for you today to consider like what within the the spectrum of feeling that we call emotion, what within that spectrum is the territory that you are least willing to taste? Because I don't think it's the same for all of us. And the, the word grief is probably right at the center of that for me. I don't know that I can call grief an emotion, it's more of a process, but I think the emotions that support the grieving process are the ones that I usually find myself almost instinctively turning away from. And so then there's this question of, of knowing that, right? At least, at least then you, you know what you don't know. Right? I'm, I'm oriented to the fact that I, I don't seem to let this emotional realm in, right? Like I'm, I'm aware that there's this kind of defensiveness or block. And that's a good thing. It is a good thing to know what you don't know. It is so much more grounded than not knowing what you don't know. And it also just implies technique, you know, gives you a sense of what, what might, what kinds of processes might be helpful. So, putting myself in practice spaces where I give myself permission to feel has been really important. Becoming intimate with grief has given me access to more memory. That's been one of the little revelations over the last two months or so. That there are fields of personal history that have been cloaked by the turning away of grief processing. And then to to kind of feel them blooming, I mean, that's that's actually s- profoundly pleasurable, you know, and that's what's, that's what's weird about this whole process. It's just so entangled, it's like you, you think it's just going to be uh, just the worst. And then when you actually settle in, it is so sweet. It's so sweet. So, you know, the important question is, what are we afraid of? What are we afraid of when we turn away? The fields. <laughs> I
0: was like, I knew you were going to say something. <laughs> I was like, if he's not, I'm. I am. I'm going to bring up something silly here.
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you, dear listener, for enjoying uh, session three of our February lean into feeling. Um, I don't think I referenced anything that I need to spell out for you. Uh, but if you have any questions about anything that I shared, you can find me at info at com. Last name is spelled G-R-O-S-S-I.com. com. Suze is giggling because I recently
0: <laughs>
1: changed that email address because adam at adamgrassi.com was just really feeling... Like a burden to share. It just felt like every time I was saying my email address, I was taking a selfie of myself in public, (laughs) in a mirror, just this infinite ego regression. So (gasps) I'm info now. I'm info now. No,
0: I mean, maybe someday you'll have like a staff at Adam Grassi Yoga and they might need other email addresses. Maybe that was the thought.
1: (laughs) Possibly. Possibly. Yeah
0: um so if you want to uh chat tea stuff you can reach me you can actually reach me at two emails and you know what and they go to the same place it's kind of a cool thing so you can reach me at hello hello at beingt.com. and you can also reach me at sus at com. they both go to the same place
1: <laughs> options i like that
0: yes options Uh, And Tea and Contemplation, for those of you who didn't know, is something that we do live in the studio with a a lovely group of practitioners every Friday morning at 8 a.m. central. So if you would like to hang out with uh, fellow tea and practitioner friends, you're very welcome to do so. And we hope to see you sometime together for tea. Bye.